All right, we're here. We did it. All right. I hey. am here. Hey. Hi. Hey. In Canada. Yeah, so my connection better be extra good. I'm assuming that's how that works. No, I don't think yep. that's how that works. It's definitely not how it works. My mom's internet is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like 15 down, less than one up. Nice. The wow. classic. Yep. <laughs> the classic. Well, I mean, she. the only thing she does is like send emails and watch Netflix. So she doesn't need good internet, but working Makes from sense. home. Working from home is a challenge here, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm up in Calgary at my mom's place. Um, people might even recognize this room as where this podcast started, because I'm in the basement. Yeah, I definitely recognize <laughs> that now that I actually have the camera up and can see it. Yep, this, <laughs> this green couch and yellow walls, classic. I'm How laughing because earlier before we went live, uh, I joined the call and then like didn't even look at the windows. And I was just like, oh, hey, Sean, like, I don't know if Paul told you it's like minus like 24 up here right now. He's like, I am here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah, I've been here since Friday. We were in Jasper National Park all weekend doing stuff like ice climbing up a frozen waterfall. Oh, that sounds badass. It was I mean, it wasn't a huge waterfall, but like, I would say it was probably about the size of like a rock climbing gym's wall. But that was pretty cool. You, we wore these uh, these like special boots that had literal knives sticking out of them, so you would like kick your foot into the wall so you could like stand against the wall. And then you had two pickaxes. You would climb your way up. That was a lot of fun. That sounds insane. Oh my god, it was very cool. Uh, what else we do? We did some snowshoeing. We did. Uh, like a frozen river walk where you kind of like do a hike down to the bottom of a canyon where a river normally is, but it's all frozen and you kind of like walk along it. So that was a pretty cool hike. The uh, guy assume they knew like the ice was like thick enough that they could walk on it because like that's what we used to do back home was like we would just go out on the bay and just walk on that. But if it was too warm, like it would crack and you'd go through. Yeah, no, they uh, they definitely like knew it was going to be cold enough and the, the guide even brought like their own little pickaxe to like test sections. Uh, but there was also just places where it's like, no, we're just going to go in the water. And they gave us special boots to be able to not get too cold. Um, oh, that's cool. They also brought along their dog. This, this cute little dog named Suka most well-behaved dog I had ever seen. Uh, it had a little jacket on. Um, it did not want to walk through the water. That was the one thing that it was like, I don't want to do this. Don't make me do this. Um, but yeah, pretty good time in uh, in Jasper. We were supposed to go. We had booked an observatory to, uh, visit because there was a meteor shower while we were there. And Jasper National Park is an international uh, dark park, meaning they have limitations on how much light the town is allowed to produce so that it stays really dark at night and that doesn't create light pollution. So it would have been perfect for the meteor shower. The day we went to the observatory, it was cloudy. Of course. So we didn't get to see anything. It was also freezing cold. So we kind of left early. Uh, so that was a bummer. But what can you do? Well, what about you? What has your guys' I guess last two weeks been like? I mean, I work full time. That's my life. 
<laughs> okay. Nothing. John? A uh, bunch of personal stuff. Doctor's appointments. Uh, got my glasses done, so I'm getting new pairs in a couple weeks. Oh, cool. Nice. Haven't had my glasses checked in apparently eight and a half years. My eyes checked, rather, so... <laughs> Oh, and apparently wow. my prescription has barely changed to a point where they said I probably could have just kept my original pair. Okay. <laughs> were you were you okay. glad to hear that or bummed that you weren't going to start seeing better? <laughs> oh, she actually said my eyes did get a tiny bit better. Oh. Huh. Interesting. But she said I, uh, she said like we're like if it, if you're seeing roughly the exact same stuff like a bunch of things that I didn't see any change like right, we'll just we'll err on the lower side in case there's actually an issue or if you need help reading. So just enough of a change. And I needed new glasses anyways, because I have a metal allergy and uh, these are rusting. So. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Are they drastically so. different? Uh, I wouldn't say drastically different. They're basically the same style, but uh, they're going to be plastic lenses and they're, or they're plastic rather uh, legs and arms. So they're going to be a little longer. Okay. And uh, I think a little thicker on the top there. One, the main one you'll probably see me wearing is like full around again. Instead of like the half and half like these are. And then I've got uh, prescription sunglasses, which I haven't had in a long time. Because I used to have like clip-ons and stuff like that instead. Sure. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, I will say, John, I had some of your uh, classic bad uh, flight travels Ooh. on my way up here. It was an actual nightmare. And my flight home is already starting to get screwed up. So it's not over yet. Um, nice. Well, welcome to my world. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that it took so much longer getting home than it should have. COVID didn't help. Um, in fact, one of the things so like what happened is the first flight got delayed and the airline was like, hey, so you're going to miss your connecting flight, but we'll get you on a flight a couple hours later. But because when you travel, you need to have like a COVID test done 72 hours beforehand to you know negative that 72 hour period expired before that new flight they gave us started meaning we're not allowed on that flight we have to go get tested again oh jesus uh so and getting like the rapid like because we needed to get a test that would give us like a really quick turnaround at the airport it's like 250 bucks a person gross Wow. And that's not even the half of it. I don't need to go through the whole thing, but like whole coming up on Friday was an actual nightmare. Like I was so jazzed to be like, finally, my vacation is starting because I had like a really like busy week and it was just like the worst day. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, dude. That sucks. It does suck. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, and like I said, my flight's back at the beginning of January already getting pushed around and, and messed up and I've corrected everything and i'm just praying nothing else gets messed up <laughs> man i am kind of glad that we changed our plans and we're not doing magfest this year because it sounds like we would be going through a nightmare i gotta say i think part of it is also like with omicron happening like right when i was doing my travels that con that couldn't have helped um, no i'm sure i didn't at all yeah so all right um let's do the show because we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. It's been a few weeks. Uh, this is the Top Down Perspective for December 16th. Just over a week until Christmas. You guys excited for Christmas? John, you got the sweater. Uh, I mean, I still got to do a little bit of shopping, so not the most jazzed. 
Okay. What about you, Paul? You excited for Christmas festivities? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't don't get too excited now. We got a podcast to do, so I want you to save some of that enthusiasm for the rest of the show. Um, Done. I, I'm Sean Booker. I'm Paul Fleck. And I'm John Wheeler. And uh, John, you've been gone the longest, and you played the most. Yep. So let's uh, let's hear from yep. you. Gone for three weeks because I uh, we missed we didn't do one last week. I missed the week before, and uh, that's three. Yeah, there you go. So I got a big list because obviously three weeks. I played a lot of game, a lot of small games uh, along the time there. Kirby Star Stacker for the Game Boy puzzle game uh, where you have to match up the little Kirby animals. So you got Rick, Kine, and Koo, the bird, the hamster, and uh, and the and the fish so you've got a bunch of stars that you have to clear out per stage but you have to also like pair them up between the two characters and uh it just gets like annoyingly complicated by the end like it it starts off really easy it's like oh if you chain these you get extra stars and you can make all these combos and stuff and then by the end it just becomes this brutal slog of like okay if the rng on this board gives you this piece you immediately lose so you have to try again Great. <laughs> it it just like no, just the ending of the game was just pure randomness. It's like, okay, you have a room so the the screen is like six by ten. So six wide, ten height. And some of the puzzles at the end are like, you have five empty spaces total you can move in. If you get this character at all, you cannot do anything. Is this game good? It is, it's actually really good. Okay. <laughs> but the by the end it's just like okay, reset. Reset, reset. Okay, now I can do a run. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Apparently, it has like a a uh, Super Famicom Satellaview sequel, but uh, that was like a rare game that people only found like the past year or so. If it's Steel super, Assault, if yeah. it's Super Famicom, does that mean this is a port of like a Famicom game? This was first. Was the Game Boy Color and the Famicom out of the same? Sorry, and the Super Famicom out at the no. same time? No, 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 no. The the Game Boy Color, sorry, the Game Boy version of the game was first. Okay. Because this is from 97, I think. 96, 97. Okay. And, and uh, the Famicom Satellaview was getting stuff till about 98. Okay. That just reminded me, I missed another one that I actually <clears throat> played as well. Right after that, Kirby's Block Ball for the Game Boy. Uh, you can tell I was just on a Game Boy trend for a bit here. Speaking of Game uh, Boy, did you um did you get an analog pocket brooder? Yes, I did. I don't know what group I'm in though, because they don't tell you that for three or four days for some weird reason. So I'm just stuck here waiting. Yeah, I mean to be fair, everyone is probably not seeing that thing for a whole year <laughs> with how everything's going. I think what what were the the estimated times where Group A is first quarter of next year? Group B is third quarter of next year, and Group C is 2023. Just, a, just but you laughing. can still go to the site and pre-order it now. You basically you guarantee Group C. Like it straight up says, yeah, you're not getting this till 2023. That is so far in advance. That's like that's. Like, I mean, it's reviewing really well. Everyone's praising it, and I, so I, uh, I cut our like review video for it at, uh, last week, and it, it's a nice looking piece of hardware. Yeah, I'm excited to get mine. It just sucks I gotta wait like half a year. Yep. Ho hopefully just that, I should say. Hopefully just half a year. 
Uh, Kirby's Block Ball. It is Kirby, but it's also Arkanoid or uh, Breakout, whatever you want to call it. You have to break all these different bricks by bouncing Kirby around. Uh, it's yeah. okay. There's like a bunch of different stages you have to go through, and you can get a high score on each stage, which unlocks extra features. But the problem is Kirby's really annoying to bounce in certain directions, which is the same issue I always have in these Arkanoid-style games. So it just kind of gets repetitive after a while because you can't make him hit one block, so you're just stuck waiting like... Alright, bounce around, I'll try again. But at least there's paddles usually on the sides and the ceiling as well to try to actually like speed things up. That's the nice and thing about get... uh shatter. Cause you get like a gun in shatter, so you can just like shoot if you need to at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No, shatter shatter definitely does that really well. Definitely better than block ball, but block ball's alright. Uh I'll jump ahead a bit because uh we I also played through Steel Assault on the Switch. Not a Game Boy game for once, but it is a retro-inspired game. Uh, this is a kind of a cool beat-em-up where you're just like a dude who has like a, a wire that he can kind of shoot between him to climb walls and stuff like that. It's like a weird mix of Bionic Commando and Shatterhand. Uh, it plays really well. Like you have like a like a whip is your main weapon, and then you can also use it to as a as a grappling hook to kind of just hook in any direction. But you have to connect with two surfaces. If you remember, you remember like in Batman Arkham City, that weird grappling gun that has to connect the two walls and then you slide forward. It's yeah. just that as a 2D game mechanic. It's like a zip line. Yeah, a zip line. Like it's a two like it's a two way zip line. It has to connect the two walls. OK, so so it, it's neat. But man, is it brutal? Like I just for some reason, you have a health bar of like 10 pips. But I played on normal and every hit was two. So basically you had five hit points, essentially. And the final boss was just this brutal thing to get through. It was just really rough. But like by the end of the fight, you, ha you there's no floor you can touch. And you have to still fight an enemy who was just standing on the floor. So like the ending was just really mean. But if you love retro arcade style games, like that's that's hella fun. If you don't mind getting a bit frustrated. I just I hate the fact that there is an arcade mode in the game, though, which is beat the entire game in one continue. That's it. If you game over, that's it. You have to start the entire game over. And that game is not easy. So good luck to anyone who beats that on that difficulty. Sure. Yep. Uh, I also played Wallachia Reign of Dracula. This is a, a weird game where you're a girl with like a bow and arrow and you can rapid fire it. There's like a bunch of monsters you fight, zombies. It's pseudo Castlevania inspired. It's going through actually defeating uh, Count Dracula and talking about how like all the things that made him look like a monster were like this gas that they had access to. So it was, it was an interesting like take on it. It might be more authentic than anything, but uh, still like a, a weird, interesting arcade style game too. Uh, Contra like, but with a bow and arrow instead of a machine gun. Honestly, it was a lot of fun, too. And it was well voice acted. I think a bunch of well-known voice actors were actually involved with the game, too, like Christina V. So, uh, or uh, maybe Kira Buckland, I forget which. But either it's way, Kira like... Buckland. Yeah. I don't game, recognize either of those names. You've definitely played or heard Kira Buckland in something. 2B, yeah. I Kira, mean... In, uh, 2B is probably is her best-known role currently. Okay. Yeah. And the other uh, one, Christina V., Christina V is Shantae's voice actress, okay, and she's also cool. done a bunch of other stuff. Pretty much anything Way Forward's done, she's been in. Quick aside, because um, you mentioned uh, Dracula. Paul, did you ever watch the final season of uh, Castlevania? I didn't finish it. I started it. 
uh, I have like one episode left. That second last episode is probably the coolest fight scenes in the entire series. Cool. Something to look forward to. It was to. so good. Like I was, the whole time it's just like, hey, we need to do a really big battle right now. And the <laughs> some of the coolest stuff, they're basically like, you know what? We haven't showed Alucard doing like all of his abilities from the game. Let's do that in this episode. <laughs> so cool. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Uh, where was I? Uh, after that, Spirit Sphere DX. Uh, this is basically also kind of Pong-ish, so it's like versus Pong. If you remember Sanrio World Smash Ball, that game where you had Hello Kitty characters like knocking around a frisbee, like Giant Bomb used to play a bunch. It's it's like plays like that. So it's like Problem kind of like is, a though, jammers kind of pseudo wind jammers where you have to hit the the ball or frisbee instead of actually like catching it and throwing it around uh you have a charge shot you have a regular shot and you can move around the arena there's items you can get etc um it was okay Uh, there was a bunch of gimmick balls and story mode that they could give you sometimes which just made the game unbearable and some of the gimmicks on the stages were a little rude but it was it was okay for what it is i don't even think it's that expensive right now so if you like that kind of gameplay it's cool did you you say what platform it's on that I played it on Switch specifically, but okay. I think it is also on Steam. Right on. I'm going to jump ahead on the list here a bit because I've been doing a bunch of Switch stuff here. Uh, Spectacular Sparky, done by the guy who made the Angry Video Game Nerd video games and uh, Manos the Hands of Fate, a bunch of other games like that. This is a Genesis-inspired uh, run and gun that's very much like uh, treasure-style games where you have a bunch of bosses you have to fight. Uh, you got a character who can float a little bit. And he's got a bunch of different gun types he can pick up. Uh, it's uh, fully voice acted. It's actually pretty well written. It's actually pretty fun. Uh, I was playing it for quite a while, but I stopped because I eventually finally moved all my games over from my original Switch model to my OLED. And that took a while to do. So basically, after all the Switch games I played, I just uh, there hasn't been any Switch gaming for weeks because it just took forever to get everything re-downloaded. Okay. Sure. Uh, I used my Switch transfer to not download games I wasn't playing anymore and cleaned it all up. I tried to make it in a way that if I wanted to go back to the other one for any reason, in case like I lost the other one or that, I didn't have to do any annoying transfers, like it was still set up, and that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you really could have two Switches, because it... Well, I guess it asks you, you are can't... you planning to use this the, the previous one? And I, I, I said no every time. Yeah, you can. Uh, it's just what happens as a result is the older the other one can only access the games if it has an internet connection. Okay, that's not terrible. Yeah, so it's not terrible, but yeah, you can have multiple switches now. Uh, the downside was that I tried moving my memory card over and it demanded I delete it and reformat it, yeah. so yeah. I had to re-download a terabyte's worth of games, which sucked. Yeah, mm. I had to do that too. Um so can you do the thing where it's like I have my home switch and then I have like a switch light in my backpack? Yeah, exactly. You, but you would have to make the home switch the old one, right? Because that one is going to be connected to the Internet at all times. The, whichever one you want to play games on when it's not connected to the Internet has to be your primary switch. Yes. Okay. All right. Otherwise, cool. it will check every time you load a game. Or you just pick the switch up out of the dock and take it on the go. Um, Zero Gunner 2 arcade game that's just a top down shooter but you have a, whenever you fire you 
lock into position in front of you and you can rotate around it. It's it's a little odd to control. So if you're okay. moving straight up and then you hold the fire button, if you move left or right, you strafe around a position that was in front of you where your shots were going and you can rotate around it. So the main mechanic is like moving based on that to free to have your turning. So it's like a twin stick shooter without a second stick, which makes it really awkward. Um, kind of like is it like the uh, Contra Metroid. top down sections? Not not like Contras, no. Okay, because uh, yeah, like imagine if like you sh- your bullets went five spaces in front of you, but then as you're firing the whole dent like fire button, you start rotating around that if you move around it. Oh, interesting. So you don't strafe as much as you circle around the spot where your shots are going. Interesting. Okay. So that was a cool arcade game to play, but it had limited continues. So I just didn't want to put the time into trying to beat it because I was trying to beat a bunch of games to make a dent in the backlog. Sure. Which is why the next bunch of games are all Bomberman games, uh, because I got in a big, big Bomberman mood. Yeah, I mean, you you keep adding Bomberman games to the list. Yeah. I two games I literally forgot. Okay. That I beat. It, this is what happens when I'm gone for like a couple of weeks. Like I actually have time to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the past three weeks alone, I have beaten Bomberman One on NES, Bomberman Two on NES, Super Bomberman Three on Super Nintendo, Super Bomberman Four on Super Nintendo, and Atomic Punk for the Game Boy, which was Bomberman rebranded as a different brand to try to give it a different name. Uh, yeah, those are all Bomberman games. <laughs> so what's the best one? Out of those five, uh, I definitely had the most fun with Super Bomberman... Ooh. Four, probably? Three, I was having fun and was pretty short, but the final boss was brutal. If you died to the final boss, you had to go through ten stages to get back to him again. But that Super Bomberman four... Yeah, but Super Bomberman 4 was like, if you died and you still had extra lives, you could at least, like, it would remember how many bosses. Because in the in 3, you had to do 10 stages, then fight the final boss twice. And he could literally block any attack that you did to him. And he had bombs that he drops that bounced around randomly. So RNG could just get you killed, no matter what. You could be doing your best, and you would just get killed for no reason. Uh, in 4, you had to kill six bosses in a row to beat the game but if you died the game remembered where you were and you didn't have to kill the other bosses that you already killed so that was much more forgiving i don't think i game overed at all in four and three was just like an hour was spent on just the final boss in the world because i had to keep redoing it over and over well congrats yeah which one's uh, the worst one talk the worst one, probably the original one, simply because it's the oldest out of the five. Sure. Uh, but the first Bomberman game also had one of the coolest features where that you could find an icon around stage 31, I think it was, uh, called Fireproof. And literally, it doesn't go away. You can just keep detonating bombs and lighting yourself on fire and killing every enemy around you. So, like, if you can get th- if you can kind of slog through halfway through the game, it becomes like an absolute joke and you breeze through the rest. Right on. Uh, Bomberman 2 had something similar to that, too, but Bomberman 2 also had really tight time limits, and I kept losing due to time on a bunch of stages. Uh, But Atomic Punk also had this cool feature where you could just buy more items, and they were like semi-renewable resources you could give your character, but they had the worst gimmicks I've ever seen in any game. Uh, Imagine a game where the wind is randomly moving you on a grid. Like, you've got you can move up, down, left, right, 
and wind will randomly change and force you to move in a certain direction. And if you don't have enough speed ups, you can't fight the wind. So you can't drop bombs without getting trapped constantly and killing yourself. And that kept happening over and over to me. It sucked ass. I hated it. Uh, and then there was another stage where every block you had to destroy twice because they were thick ice. It was just, it was a slog to get through Atomic Punk at times. Oh, no. The worst stage in it was actually the final stage where normally, you know how Bomberman's like a grid where it's got these little hard blocks in the middle you can't destroy. You just walk around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atomic Punk's final stage turns those into fire pillars where if you walk into them, you die instantly. Nice. But okay. but the fireproof item is not does not stop it. So you are not fully fireproof, just your own fireproof. So I had to like you have to carefully like maneuver around the stages while you're chasing down these enemies. It was just it was not good. Yeah, well, it maybe a it's a scenario where it's like, hey, it's fireproof. But like even stuff that we have that is fireproof would not survive the sun. I guess so. There's always something the hotter point. out there. That's, I think that's the just, world was even called like fire, like it was, like it was just a way of saying fire. Like yeah. that's the that's the building you go in or something silly like that. Fire festival. Yeah. So after <laughs> all all that Bomberman, uh, I also played Bubble Bobble for the NES because we played it on nice. Fortune Cookie one night, and I thought I had beaten the game, but my backlogger said I hadn't. So after the stream, I just sat down and beat the rest of the game. That's that Hell sure yeah. is Bubble Bobble. My least favorite feature about Bubble Bobble: the fact that you can't get the the good ending of the game if you're playing by yourself you literally need to beat the game with a friend it's stupid hey that is stupid that's, that's friendship you know there you go the, it's that's, bubble and bobble that's it yeah that's literally it that they literally say the power of friendship is the only way you can get the true ending i mean right some people that's it's just like how nintendo forces you to have to trade pokemon with other people to get all of them <laughs> oh yeah everyone's favorite feature of pokemon yeah, that's yeah. A, that, well, there you go it's a scam yeah that is all I have played over these last three weeks other than stream stuff, which I don't want. To, I figured this was long enough. OK, uh, Paul, your list is equally long. What have you been playing? <laughs> I mean, I've been playing a lot. I'm not talking about here, but the big one I want to talk about is Halo Infinite. All right. I played a very little bit of it because it came out right before I left. Yeah, it came out like the day before, right? Because you left on. Oh, maybe it, like two days. Before. I think it came out two days before, but all yeah. of Thursday was like game awards all evening. Yeah. So I like barely got to touch it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so I put about 15 hours in the first two days and it's been wow. I've addicted to the game. I love it. I really uh, like it are you lot. playing just campaign multiplayer? Just campaign. I don't like the multiplayer in Halo. OK. Uh, yeah, that is Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's very yeah Ubisoft. Yeah, so it's been a great podcast game. Like I'll do the campaign stuff where there's story and like voice acting and things going on, um, listening to it and it's dope. And then the open world stuff hits, and I throw on a podcast and just like take bases and find collectibles for twenty hours. I think I'm at twenty six hours gameplay time now. And, um, and I have four main missions left. That hook shot's pretty good, right? Oh my god, it's so good <laughs> getting around. Yeah, it's super fun. And uh, unfortunately, just pulling got... stuff to you to throw at people and stuff like that. Hookshot is so good. I haven't got to the open world part yet. I'm still that's how early I am. Um, yeah, it's a little bit in there. It's about an hour, an hour and a half worth of like content story content in there before you get to it. So I gotta be, I gotta it's be pretty really close front heavy. Okay. Yeah. I think there's two like major 
missions before the open world stuff. So you probably did the first one, I assume. And the second one is shorter feeling. I'm definitely in the second one. Okay. Uh, and I've played a bit, so I, I got to be like right near the end or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you meet like the main character of the game. Well, one of the main characters in the game in that area, and then it opens up. So as soon as you meet them. Oh, this is like there's a, there's a boss fight, right? Kind of a boss fight. Yes. And then you get onto an elevator. who it is. Oh, yeah, it's one of the dudes. It's one of the, like, big banished generals or whatever, yeah, I think, and, and right? Master Chief's, like, or the weapon is, like, they call him blank, and Master Chief's, like, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just did that, uh, and I'm on that elevator. So I'm, am I done? And now it's going to open up? I think, I. so I don't mind weapon very much. She's definitely way more cheery and quirky than cortana which i'm not a huge fan of but it kind of like really mixes well with chiefs just being like everything i say is literal <laughs> and i can't joke <laughs> at all also like and again i can only talk about the first like 90 minutes of it but like half of his yeah. lines are just batteries and then the pilot's <laughs> like yo we got to get out of here and he's just like you get the ship batteries he definitely has more talking but yeah for overall that's that's our chief just it's like, it's like he has saying four lines, like i need two a of, weapon exactly it's like i need a gun <laughs> and then two different things of him saying batteries yeah yeah and people like freaking out or whatever around him and he's just gonna be like wait here or like just something like one line yeah there's a lot yep. of that he does definitely have some story parts but there's no chatty Kathy Master Chief in this for sure. Yep. That's a uh, a lot of it. Um, but yeah, this game is mostly just the stuff you would do in like a Far Cry game. You take over bases and that unlocks like little objectives and stuff in that immediate area that you can check out and get like more of the story and what's going on or whatever. Uh, it's kind of cool that like if that doesn't if I had played Far Cry 6 I don't think I would be as into this because my open world like motivation for doing that shit would have been dried up I think. Uh I haven't played a game like this for a while now so this is hitting at the perfect time for me uh where I'm just super into it and the movement in that game and the fighting and everything just feels so good. I think it's a really good way to do a Halo game because the the gunfights and stuff are kind of the thing I like about Halo in the campaign stuff, like the different enemy types and how you kind of have to, well, I'm playing on a harder difficulty. I don't know if on easy they're like, you can just use whatever gun, but like, I like playing legendary with buddies or whatever, but I'm playing on heroic right now. Cause I also just wanted to kind of get it done for game of the year. And, uh, I like that in halo games on harder difficulties, it forces you to kind of actually use, different things in your arsenal or like throw away a weapon that's empty and pick up something you can get ammo for or whatever. And, uh, I think that the open world format is a really good way to just have a whole bunch of weird scenarios of different enemy types, kind of like in this world that you have to take care of and liberate different parts of it and like save humanity and all that stuff. So I think it's a very, very cool game. The campaign is okay. Um, it feels a little bit weird because all the campaign stuff is very much a Halo game where it's very corridor shooter heavy in a lot of spots, which kind of goes up against the like, I've just been in the open world for like 20 hours doing literally anything I want with whatever I can find. And now I'm in this like 
really tight constricted like corridor area with a bunch of shit and yeah it so that's kind of weird but it's also a little bit um liberating at some point to just be like okay i want to just focus on like i want to play halo again so i'm going to go do a campaign mission because that's halo and then i'll come back to far cry after and like collect more audio logs or whatever Um, yeah i mean that's basically how gears 5 did it except there wasn't a ton to do on the like open world part it was mostly just go to the next area and then it's gonna gonna you know narrow down into a corridor shooter again sure yeah uh I am at the point where I almost have nothing left to do. I have almost 100% completion. I think I have 20 audio logs left and, like, the end of the game, essentially. There's 14 missions, and I've done 10 of them. So I don't know how long the last four I have are, but those uh, main story missions aren't necessarily short, so I think I still have a good chunk of game, but the open world stuff is kind of run dry at this point. Um. Do you, are you missing the co-op campaign? Can you see yourself coming back to it when they add co-op? Um, if I had a buddy who's like, I really want to do this co-op on Legendary and I have nothing else on my plate, yeah, sure. I'll jump in for like a weekend or whatever, but I'm not going to like sit with them and do 100% completion again and collectibles or whatever. Like I'll jump in to help them with story stuff. I don't think even... I'm not necessarily sure that this is true. I don't know that Legendary will even be as hard as the other Halos in this game because one of the things that you do is you get bases and you can, like, unlock weapons that you can kind of just, like, take from your armory. So at some point, if you do enough of the side content and unlock that stuff, you will always have access to the best stuff that you want to use forever. So it's a little less difficult in some regards that way. Even though I think some of the campaign stuff, they're long enough that they kind of draw your weapon supply out and force you for that story part or whatever to use what they give you. But yeah, the open world stuff becomes much, much easier as you go. The hardest part of the game is definitely the beginning. Right on. Yeah, I think it's a really good product. Great yeah. addition to Game Pass. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I also think the the multiplayer being free to play is such a great idea. So. yeah super solid uh super solid product i mean other stuff i've been playing quickly forgotten city uh a big thing Hell happened yeah. i i can't talk about why that game makes me excited yet <laughs> because the, it's a huge spoiler but people should play that game if you want a story driven thing that is fucking phenomenal it's so it's a good, good game for sure yep uh i played through parasite eve one again because i'm gonna finish two nice mainly because I want to play third birthday, which I never have. And I was thinking, oh, if I play third birthday, I should finally finish Parasite Eve 2 because I've never seen the ending of it. And then I was like, well, it's Christmas time. So Parasite Eve 1 is a Christmas game and I can knock that out in a day or two. So I did that. And yeah, that came still great. And I'm a little, I don't know why I'm starting up games that i've played when i have about i think i have about six more major games that i want to hit before game of the year oh geez um on a like i have probably like 20 things on like a pile of shame right now but there's like five or six that i really want to get a good amount into before the end of the year talks so i should probably focus on that more you and me both uh speaking of game of the year uh, i wanted to mention that our community game of the year survey is live 
Um, yes. You can find a link to it somewhere on our Twitter or in the announcements section in the Discord. If you haven't filled that out, you should definitely fill out the survey. And if you don't know what that's about, we like to accumulate kind of everything our community uh, is championing. And then we'll kind of reveal the results at our Game of the Year episode, which will be sometime mid-January is, is where we've narrowed it down to so far. Yeah, it's probably not going to be in the first week because of uh, travel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I'll uh, pin it to our Twitter, like as the pinned tweet or whatever later on. I don't know. Our pinned tweet is like kind of good right now because it's all of our like links. I mean, I could just repin that one after. Oh, though, sure. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So if that seems interesting to you. Please go uh, submit your your answers for, you know, your favorite games, your least favorite games. There's a whole bunch of categories you can fill out. Yeah. Uh, I jump back into an inscription to finish that off, and that game is crazy. That ending yep. is really good. Yep, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird and and dark. It's a weird game. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's really all I've been doing though. Cool. I've been playing some uh, mobile and Switch stuff since I haven't been home for a while. Um, I tried out Rocket League Sideswipe, which is the mobile yeah two uh, D Rocket League. Uh, game uh sure. it's really good like oh okay it good. feels really good like controlling the car is snappy and like it just feels right and people are like pulling off the weird tricks and stuff that you would expect um it doesn't feel like oh man i can't do what i would l- want to do i can't move this car how i'm used to you can do all the flips and everything you need to it's just it happens to be a side scrolling well i shouldn't say side scrolling it's a it's it's flat 2d so it's side, you're moving left and right and that's that's kind of all you can do you can also go up and down and jump the car and boost the car stuff like that as well um but if it, the, the physics just feel really good it is a good feeling game it has like a free battle pass or whatever in there so you're unlocking upgrades for your car which are like all cosmetic um so that's fun to do and there's you know daily challenges and weekly challenges and all that stuff i'm not actually sure how you can put money in the game but i haven't really been looking for that because i don't want to but (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um but anyways it's free so i would definitely recommend checking it out uh if you like the idea of car soccer and you liked rocket league this is i think a pretty great version of it despite being having touch controls um I've also found that the online is pretty good. I've had some uh, bit of like some lag, but I'm just going to chop that up to like I was on hotel Wi-Fi. So I think it's totally sure. I also uh, got Loop Hero because it came out on the Switch and that's primarily what I've been playing in my downtime on the Switch. Uh, Okay, Loop Hero is real good. Uh, It's it's kind of like just like a clicker almost like it plays itself to some degree and then you equipped the better equipment so that it clicks faster for you. (laughs) Um, See, this is kind of why the idea of it on the switch wasn't appealing to me because I kind of like having it on my second monitor and like playing it when I need to play it essentially. Yeah, because the game does like pause itself after like every little thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, But uh, no, I I enjoyed having on the switch like it is a really good game to have while you're like watching TV. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. There's like, oh, I've got like literally five seconds to do something here. Okay, cool. I equipped the new axe. Sure. Have fun doing your next thing. Um, I finished chapter one. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm so I'm into chapter two. 
Cool. So I don't exactly know. I, I'm, there's five chapters, I'm guessing. It's hard to, like, even say where are you because you can, like, unlock different things as well. Like, for your town, I guess is what I mean yeah, specifically. Yeah. It has the and whole like kind of rogue legacy. You're, like, building out a town uh, that yeah. kind of adds to your runs and whatnot. So, um, yeah, good game. So, yeah, I've, I've been meaning yeah. to play that and having it on the Switch is pretty great. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is a is a docu series I've been watching that Xbox um, six part documentary came out okay. last week. Um, I've watched five and a half of the six episodes, and which is funny because that sixth episode is my favorite one so far, and I haven't finished it. Um, <laughs> but this is called Power On. You can just find it on Xbox's YouTube uh, channel. It's basically how they launched the Xbox, how they launched the Xbox three hundred and sixty. Uh, and then there's there's an episode all about the Red Ring of Death. Um, they, they it's how they launched it's how, and then there's a really fan, then from there the, I think like the second half of the the uh, series is my favorite because they they tell the story of how they were basically on top and then they completely botched the Xbox One's launch and they even have Don Matrick coming back and talking about that, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, wow, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, he's they got him and they're interviewing him for the thing. So he th- that's. That's what episode six is all about is kind of what happened with the Xbox one um, and what happened with Don Matrick and kind of Phil. I'm about halfway through it. So it's kind of at the point where Phil Spencer has stepped in and he's starting to write the ship. Um, but yeah, they someone saying they've got some Sony. They have um, the previous head of Sony on there talking. Well, God, what was his, what is his name? I'm completely blanking, but they got um. Like the guy you would want from Sony in there uh, to talk about the it too. the Ridge Racer dude. No, no. Um, uh, so from Sony America, uh, he was at oh, all from the, America. Okay, yeah, he was at all the E three press conferences and stuff. Not not Dave Perry. No. Uh, the the British gentleman. No. God, what is his? I just now need to look up his name. I'm not going to look up his name because I'm going to keep bumping this microphone. Someone in the chat will say it sooner <laughs> or later. Um, and then we're all going to be like, oh, of course. How did we forget that guy's name? Because I'm just blanking on it right now. Um, but yeah, they have him. Uh, I'm trying to think some of the other people they got. They got like. Um, they have a lot of Kevin Pereira. <laughs> um, sure. OK, they they actually have Keeley because he shows up in everything that has video games on the name of it. Um, and then just a ton of people from all of Microsoft's uh, kind of past that was important to launching this stuff. So if you like, you know, YouTube channels like Noclip or, you know, documentary stuff and you want to see kind of like the like literally they and they kind of tally the warts and all kind of of F- Xbox's history. It's a really enjoyable watch. Um, and you, And they put out official posters and you can get a Red Ring of Death poster. <laughs> if you want i they, saw those right. posters they yeah. actually looked pretty good which i think is pretty funny funny um so again that's a uh, power on and it's on xbox's youtube channel and i uh i definitely recommend it uh, did you go to their website for their anniversary where you could look at all your stats from like 360 onwards the uh the 20th the museum that they set up around thanksgiving yeah yes i did uh, that was cool, and I like yeah, I like the 
I liked that you could walk around. I liked that you when you also you shared it. If you were in that museum, you would see your friends walking around. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Neat. Um, all right. With that said, let's do some news. I don't know if you guys Nothing know. Happened, right? Yeah, I don't know if you guys nope. know this, but the game Nothing's awards happened since last time. <laughs> the game awards happened Nothing. last week. God, we have to learn who did the best on their prediction, too. I just realized. Uh, yep, I have those. It, it was me. We can just... We can, <laughs> just, we can just assume it was me. <laughs> um, I was going to go through like the, the, the news. Did you want to go through the categories first? Hold on. John, uh, Sean had 13 right. John had 12 right. I had 11 right. Well, I was right. I was. I did win. Damn it. By one, too. When did you did you do this while you were watching it? Yeah. Dude, I can't believe what one game of the year. I'm genuinely surprised by that. Yes, I was also very surprised by that. OK, let's go through this quickly because I have it already. The game awards by thing or whatever and what we guessed. Esports events, we all just went Dota. It was leak. We're dumb. It's always leak. We should just always choose leak. <laughs> Esports coach was K Coma, um, which Sean and I just blindly guessed and John guessed Ang or whatever. Uh Esports team, we were all wrong with Spirit. It was Navi Athlete. Uh John was right with Simple. I was wrong with Simp. And Sean guessed Showmaker. Esports game, we all guessed Valorant. Um, oh, I didn't actually write down. No, it was Valorant. Wasn't it? I didn't actually write this one down, apparently. I actually did not watch the Game Awards, so I have no idea. Okay. Well, whatever. Most anticipated, we all guessed Elden Ring. We were correct. Best debut indie, uh, we all guessed Valheim. It was Kina, Bridge of Spirits, which was interesting, but good for them. Content creator of the year, uh, we guessed different people, but we were all wrong. It was Dream, even though he's a racist and had controversy. Fucking hate that it was Dream of all people. Okay, yeah. can I just pause you for real quick? Sec? I did look up yeah, which yeah. Sony CEO it was. It was Jack Trenton. Jack Trenton, yes, okay. Right, yeah. Okay. So they got him yeah. on there for a bunch of the thing talking about kind of the rivalry and, and, and milestones between the two consoles and stuff like that. So that was that's super interesting. That is interesting. Cool. Uh, best multiplayer was It Takes Two. Sean guessed correctly. Uh, John had Monster Hunter Rise. I had Valheim. We were both wrong. Best sports slash racing. We were all right with Forza Horizon 5. Best sim strategy. You two were right with Age of Empires 4. I just guessed Humankind because why not? Best family. Uh, me and Sean were right with It Takes Two. John guessed Mario Party. I can't believe Nintendo lost their own category. That's yeah. incredible. It's, well, they have to put out a good a, game, so. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Best fighting game. We were all right because Guilty Gear was definitely the best fighting game out of those choices. Yep. Um, best role playing game. Sean actually got this with Tales of Arise. Well, uh, John and I just took guesses He with Monster Hunter Rise and I said Cyberpunk would get it. <laughs> uh, best action slash adventure game. Sean guessed Rift Apart. Uh, John and I were correct with Metroid Dread, best action game. We all guessed Deathloop because that's the correct thing, but we were all wrong. It was Returnal, which is interesting. Um, best VR AR, Resident Evil 4. It was, wasn't was even a question, and we got yep. that right. Yep. 
uh, innovation and accessibility. You guys said Forza. I said The Veil. Forza got it. Best community yep. support. We all said Final Fantasy XIV because, of course, and it yep. was right. Best ongoing was also Final Fantasy XIV, which we guessed because, of course. Yep. Best mobile. Uh, you guys guessed Genshin, which was correct. I said Marshall, Marvel Future Revolution because that's the better game. Best indie wow. game. You two guessed Inscription. I guessed Death's Door, and we were all wrong because it was kind of Bridge of Spirits. Which, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's crazy to me, but sure, good for them. I'm I'm not mad. I like that game, but wow. Games for impact. Uh we're all stupid because life is strange. That's the that was the obvious choice, but we all chose something different. <laughs> well, because Life is Strange didn't win last year, didn't it? Like it actually had a year where it didn't win, and we were like, Oh, I guess Life is Strange's time is done. Oh, maybe. I uh, thought that you, was the case. I might specific- be misremembering. Specifically, you guys chose Chiggery. I chose Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, best performance. Uh, you two said Jason Kelly. I said Giancarlo because of the name recognition. We were all wrong. It was Maggie Robertson because boobs trump everything. Amen. Um, <laughs> best audio design. Sean said Returnal. Uh, John and I said Resident Evil Village. And we were all wrong because Forza Horizon 5. Apparently, those cars are too good sounding. Best score in music. Sean said The Artful Escape, even though John and I were correct with Near. Uh, best art direction. This was Psychonauts 2's uh, category that we all guessed, but we were all wrong because apparently Deathloop was better art direction than the game that literally feel, is art direction. I feel so I bad mean, Deathloop's for- art direction is pretty good. I will give them that, but I don't think it was as good as Psychonauts. I'm going to be real. Is, I heard yeah. Psychonauts got nothing, Dude. and that genuinely surprised me. They didn't get anything. And yeah, it's I feel so bad travesty. for Psychonauts. I... <laughs> I want to. I'm very curious, kind of like what the like rankings of these all were, because I have a feeling like Psychonauts yeah. got like second place in everything. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, another one that kind of threw me off because it's wrong. Best narrative, we all agree. Deathloop definitely has the best narrative and device, even though we're wrong because Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently, that talking was too much. Uh, best game direction went to Deathloop, which I guess correctly. Uh, Sean said it takes two. John said Psychonauts 2. This was a crapshoot. They were all amazing in game direction. Uh, and then game of the year. You two said Deathloop. I said Metroid Dread. We were all wrong because It Takes Two took it, making Incredible. the third or fourth year in a row where the one that wins the best family game is also the game of the year or something like that. Insane. That can't be true because like Last of Us 2 won it a couple years ago. Yeah, maybe like two years ago or something. It must be. It must just be a run of like the past two years or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember what last year's was. What even was well, last go. year? I can't. What even came out last year? <laughs> so long. Last ago. year, absolutely nothing did. That's it. Nothing yeah, came out. That's true. There's a lot of elements of family in Last of Us Two. Yeah, really surprised with our uh, Psychonauts 2 not winning Art Direction and Deathloop not winning Narrative. Those were the big shockers to me. Everything else was kind of a crapshoot. Anyway, um, they, they did also have a bunch of announcements, and I have some of the stories here. Um, I'll kind of talk about some of the big stuff. That uh, Matrix Awakens thing unlocked. I started playing playing that today i was hoping to talk about it uh but then i had more travel bullshit happen to me so i was on the phone and you can't pause it it won't let you pause so i had to just let it keep running as i sat on the phone 
on hold for an hour, not getting to isn't listen. Isn't this just like, isn't this just like that movie scene done in Unreal? No, there there is uh no, there's uh, some interactive stuff. I heard oh, essentially weird. it was uh it's like Enter the Matrix. Some people were comparing it to that. Some people said oh, it played just like Enter the Matrix levels. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a tech demo for Unreal Engine Five. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I don't I don't think you should like don't blow it out of proportion. It, it is not much. Well, of no, game. I'm just saying that like like literally like the dev that worked on Enter the Ma- one of the devs that worked on Enter the Matrix was like, yo, this looks like one of the levels I did. Oh, sure. Um, I could see that. Yeah, so I'm going to replay watch that thing when I have some more time. But um, anyways, that that thing like unlocked for people to go check out if they want. Uh, Star Wars Eclipse was announced. That was the game from Quantic Dream that was rumored. Yeah. How did they give Quantic Dream a Star Wars license? They did. How? Yeah. Why? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, so we finally saw kind of nothing about what that game is we saw just kind of a teaser trailer sort of thing of a bunch of characters existing first video game set in the high (laughs) republic era of star wars yes uh, uh, it was a good looking trailer i mean this everything looks real nice and quantic dream makes good looking games but There was a funny tweet, I think it was from Jason Schreier, where so Keeley came out and said something like how we are not we do not accept harassment, yada, yada. They didn't actually say Activision Blizzard's name in it, but it was you (laughs) could tell they were kind of pointing towards the Activision stuff. And and then right after that, they were like, and by the way, here is a trailer for a game from Quantic Dreams, another company with a ton of allegations against it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Alan Wake 2. Holy yeah, shit. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. I'll tell you what. I'm nervous because it's going to be a survival horror game. Oh, yeah. that's like not your genre at all. You the hate best that. genre out there. I'm excited. Um, and I really like the Alan Wake, st- you know, st- lore and whatnot. And it's like and I'm pretty invested at this point. And it's like I'm going to yeah. have to play a survival horror game. For what so. is worse, survival horror games are usually less scary than just like. Or just and like plain ooh, horror. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet this is going to be spooky. I bet. Uh, yeah, Remi- probably. <laughs> Remedy can do some pretty spooky stuff. Um, they they have a Wonder Woman game, which sure, I guess. Yeah, they had a, a like 3D render of her and that's kind of it for that yep. trailer. But yeah, seems interesting. Uh, let's see. I'm going to kind of skip just like new trailers for games that we've seen a lot of. They showed us the first Halo series. TV series trailer it was real short. Yeah, Paramount Plus. Uh, we got a big long Hellblade two trailer that looked cool. That looked very cool. Them I'm like excited. fighting some weird like giant baby man thing and lighting on fire. <laughs> like, I am very excited for that game. That game looks so good. Yeah, it really does. Um, Arc Raiders. I thought this trailer looks incredible uh this, this is, is one that was if there was like a game of the show for me this might be like on my top three of ones i want to see i think so as well oh. top three for sure like it looks so cool and then it's like hey it's co-op and there's like weird jump pads and i like i just liked the song in, like i like that song so like it was just like this is just a good trailer i'm enjoying this trailer um, oh that was uh the where is my mind cover right no, it's that no, that it's one? that it's the the song from Robin. Um, 
I don't know the name of the song. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. okay. Boy and the Robot. Yeah. No, no the... I'm just taking a shot. I actually, I actually haven't watched the trailer. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see what else. What else? Sonic Boy Frontiers, an open world Sonic adventure, looking like that. Um, that looked cool. Parents yeah, I'm being gonna penned s- by one of the current comic book writers, which apparently got a lot of people excited. Honestly, <laughs> like the first time I've been interested in a Sonic game in a very long time. I hope so. it's good, but I'm not at all interested in it. After that, they showed the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer. Uh, in which we got to yeah. hear Knuckles' <laughs> voice. Yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah, I, mean, I love Idris Elba. It looks cool. It looks better than the first one. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know either. Honestly, I mean, Knuckles seems cool and he punched Sonic with like an energy blast. Um, But you just you just know this is going to it's just going to be the like they're going to fight each other and then they're going to come together to fight Eggman. Like, I like, like, you know, exactly what this movie is. Um, uh, But yeah, we heard uh, Tails' voice and everything as well. Sonic is still blue. Yep. Still blue. Cuphead's The Delicious Last Course DLC got a release date June 30th. That looks fantastic. Oh, when they started showing this, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. That is like June 30th. I was like, no! <laughs> That's so far still. But yeah. Hey, with our backlogs, they can make the game as far off. That's fine. I got too much I'm playing right now. That's how I've I been waiting it. for that stupid DLC for so long now, but yeah. Sorry, which DLC? Cuphead. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Man. It's so I love far. them, but that... that com- It's like them and Silksong are the two of like, they're never... They're, they're forever. I'm, I'm, amazed it has a, I'm amazed it has a date. I'm not convinced Silksong even exists. I think that's just a <laughs> marketing campaign for all of you that. Really think- <laughs> Dude, I, I know we're jumping ahead here a little bit, but did you see that uh, Nintendo did an indie direct on Wednesday and because it wasn't there, Silk Song was trending? And oh, really? Like, I yeah. didn't know that. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, I heard a, I saw a rumor where it was going to show up, but I feel like I hear a rumor it's going to show up every single time. It, every time. Yeah. yeah. Did you know no. Nintendo's eventually going to release a more powerful Switch at some point for the past yeah. three years? I mean, yeah, I hope man. they will. I could. Use, I would love a more powerful <laughs> Switch. Um, we got a Telltale Games announcement for a uh, Expanse series, which I am right in the center of this Venn diagram. Like, there, there. <laughs> this is a game for Sean, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. I am so confused what Telltale Games is. The last I had heard, they were working on The Wolf Among Us two. Which yeah. was announced like two years ago or something. I think at the Game Awards as well. Haven't heard a thing about that. And now they're doing an Expanse game. What is this company? Like, what is so going- this? Is the company? This is all the people that came in to finish the licenses that were already out, right? From what I remember, I think like, these so. aren't the original Telltale employees. Well, it's which not- I saw, I saw some posts going around on Twitter, like. Uh, Someone asked, like, if they'd ever gotten paid, like, their what the residuals and the remaining money from working at Telltale, and they apparently they just laughed and said no. Dude, so. I saw so many people after this that like retweeting and liking stuff from like ex Telltale people, just saying this is breaking my heart and I can't watch this, and I was just like, oh no, <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Oh, yeah, I have no yeah. idea who they have as a part of this for sure. Um, I will also say yeah. it's being co-developed oh. by uh, Deck Nine, which did Life is Strange Two Colors. So that's another win for me. <laughs> um, that makes sense. But like, I, I would love to know more about what exactly is going on behind this game. And I, and I want to champion it because I really like the expanse. Um, so sure. we'll see. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem got a new trailer, which is great. Oh, I want it so bad. I yep. love that game, <laughs> the first one, so I want it. Uh, they announced a Dune uh, 4X real-time strategy game. Sure. Why not? Uh, the Silent Hill yeah. creator um, announced Slitter. Uh, yeah, Slitterhead from his uh, from Bokeh, his new studio. Dude, I'm so fucking excited for that. Real, like, Junji Ito-type designs of just fucked-up body horror. Holy I thought shit, it looked I'm a so bit excited. rough, though. Well, it doesn't it didn't really show anything gameplay wise. It just showed like people with like their necks snapping back and teeth coming out and shit like that. <laughs> so I don't know. I want I'm I'm just excited that dude is still doing stuff. So sure. I'm excited yeah. to see more. Uh, I'm just scrolling through these that Final Fantasy seven remake integrate coming to PC. I think that came out today. Oh, yeah. Today uh, was a big day for gaming, actually. That's a secret. Every day is a big day for gaming. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, but not for way. Game Pass. Every every day <laughs> is a better day than the previous one for gaming. Not always. Yeah, um, unfortunately, not always, but not always for Game Pass. Ten games released today on Game Pass, and it's disgusting. Uh, Warhammer Space Marine 2. Oh my god, I lost my shit. I can't believe it. Okay. They did it. I'm glad you're excited. This is just another Warhammer game, and there's always five of those being developed at any given moment, as as far as I'm concerned. Isn't Space Marine like the hack and slash one? Like the God of War style one? It is, yeah. And this one's focusing on a real major player in the Warhammer 40k universe called Captain Titus and the Ultramarines. I'm happy for you, Paul. Uh, Tunic got a release date March 16th. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Um, people should just play should Death's Door, though, if they really need some Zelda. Totally. Everybody should play Death's Door. Uh, Lord of the Rings Golem got a trailer, and Golem looks weird and because he has giant eyes. Yeah, he's creepy looking. PUBG Battlegrounds is going free to play. Yeah, I kind of thought it had already, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Uh, Thirsty Suitors. This was another highlight for me. This game looks very cool. Bollywood uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, essentially, looks very cool. Yeah, except you like, you know, playing the role of like Ramona Flowers fighting her, like dance fighting her evil exes or whatever. Or I, I guess they weren't evil, but, you know, her exes. Yeah, it looks real cool. I can't wait to see more of that. Uh, we got a Somerville trailer, uh, which I thought looked great. Somerville um, is from Jumpship Studios, who are ex-Play Dead developers. Play Dead doing a Limbo and Inside, and this looks very Limbo and Inside, but just kind of the next evolution of that, almost. Yeah. Uh, there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre online multiplayer horror game announced, which to me just sounds like a Dead by Daylight like spinoff. 
Is it yeah. done by the Friday the 13th devs? Because remember, that already had the exact same thing happen at some point, too. Uh, I, uh, Gun Interactive and Sumo Nottingham. Which I don't know what don't they've remember. done. I don't know what they've done either. Sum- Sumo Digital, I assume, is just a spinoff of them, and they've, they've done like a bunch of stuff like Sonic Team Racing and all that. I think that was pretty much it for the big news. So yeah, if I had to make like a top uh, yeah, three so. of games I'm excited about, Alan Wake 2, uh, Ark, I forget the name of it now, Ark, uh, Ark Knight, no, no, Ark, Ark, Ra- Ark Raiders, Ark Raiders, and then it's like a tie between uh, Thirsty Suitors and uh, Hellblade 2. Yeah, I'm really excited for Hellblade 2. Couple people were surprised. Absolutely zero announcements from Nintendo this year. Yeah, that is a little odd. Oh yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think, it's like Paul what apparently they... not one of them based on that reaction. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I'm trying to think because they got a new Pokemon coming out in a couple of weeks. I guess closer to a month at this point. They got a Advance Wars remake coming out around the same time. Uh, okay, next news. Uh, we got some sales data on top mobile games for the year in terms of revenue. And I just thought this was kind of interesting to see which uh, mobile games made the most in 2021. At the top, cool. it's uh, PUBG Mobile. Sure, okay. Which to you. Honestly, it, it's kind of surprising, but it also makes sense. Fortnite's not on this list, but they got taken off of the yeah. app stores. Yeah, well, um, I think, aren't they back on Google now? Or are they still off of both? I believe they're still off of Apple. Um, I don't Sometimes know I about they're back on Google. Oh, this is actually really interesting because I was looking at this. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. But this does not include revenue from third-party Android stores in China and other regions, which is fucking crazy. Oh, that's a huge market that's missing. Yeah, then. yeah, that's way different. Okay, yes. Go on. You seem like you're about to say something. No, just that, like, I was looking at this, like, it seems like they're missing, like, some big things that we, like, Garena Free Fire is one of the biggest mobile games on Earth, and that's not here somehow, but it's not big where this was obviously getting stats from or whatever. I think this might be America's, which is more interesting to me, because, yeah. Um, So almost tied with PUBG is uh, Honor of Kings, which I've never even heard of. Uh, and then followed by about half that is Genshin Impact. Then Roblox Coin Master, which I've also never heard of. Uh, Pokemon Go, Candy Crush Saga, and Garena Free Fire. Weren't you just saying you didn't see that one? Oh, yeah. That's really <laughs> low. Interesting. Uh, Pokemon Go being up there. Good for them. Holy crap. Especially <laughs> during a pandemic. That's genuinely impressive. Yeah. Well, they were still selling those like passes to do like the special events and stuff during the pandemic. So they've been funding money. They know how it works. Um, speaking of money, I'm just going to read you this headline when it loads. Okay. Peter, Peter Molyneux's next game is a blockchain business sim featuring NFTs uh, because the future sucks. 
Uh, yeah, this isn't surprising that it's Peter Molyneux for some reason to me, because he was kind of trying to do this before with that goddess gamer. Honestly, that's kind of the thing that stuck oh, out to me. I'll never forget like, Curiosity. Uh, oh, maybe that's it. I haven't heard yeah. of um, Peter Molyneux in quite a while, and I guess this is what he's up to. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is just going to fall apart. We've been seeing a few NFT things getting announced in the last couple of weeks fall apart. Let me read you a part two. I'm going to read you this headline. Peter Molyneux's okay. next game has sold 40 million pounds in NFTs already. Sure. What? So the secret to <laughs> NFTs is that every out of like a thousand people, everyone hates them except for one person who has 50 billion dollars in NFTs that he's trying to pawn off for more money. So th- that is all probably one or two dudes. <laughs> Fine. Um, I'm going to read you a couple excerpts from this article over on Rock Paper Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Peter Molyneux's 22 Can Studio has have sold around 40 million pounds of NFTs for their blockchain business simulator Legacy before it's been released. The town management game has its own cryptocurrency, of course, and this weekend they sold NFTs of virtual land for real money. The hope for crypto land barons is that they would be able to earn back money from other players through in-game business partnerships. Sure. So this exists in the real world already (laughs) where you can buy AR land in the real time. And then like if NFTs ever get big, people have to buy you to like advertise on that land or whatever. So he's just putting this in a game. I'm going to read you one more uh, excerpt. And though none of the game is even available to players, they've almost sold out of land NFTs. (laughs) All the plots of land so far combined went for the equivalent of over 14,000 Ethereum or around 40.5 million pounds in real money. The most expensive was a London plot, a limited edition of one at ancient, in brackets, artificial rarity, which sold for the equivalent of about six hundred and seventy thousand pounds. We are in the wrong field. We're we're in the worst timeline. Um, and then I just see this one forum poser saying he's probably going to make more money off this than Fable. Oh is, fuck! Off. Which is just which no. is just crazy oh. to think about, right? Because that's probably oh. true. I mean, without a doubt. <laughs> Because he doesn't have to pay pl- publishing rights to somebody. He probably has a smaller team. It's no doubt he's going to make more. I hate this timeline. Yeah. So, um, and let's just get all the NFT stuff out of the way <laughs> for this week. This is the NFT section. Stalker 2 is doing t- NFTs. No, they posted today. They, they're not. Well, that was going to be the part two. So spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, I just thought that was weird that stalker two of all games was getting into NFTs. Um, but, uh, yes, they, they heard the complaints about it. The, the fan base of stalker two seems like the most anti NFT thing I could think of. Um, they are. Yeah. So they, they pulled the plug on that. So they're not doing it. Um, one of the responses was, uh, I wonder if they did that because they realized they wouldn't be allowed on steam. If they put NFTs mm. in their game. Which is not a bad point. Interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Um, all right. This is a pretty big news story. This came from the, the week beforehand. So it's a bit old. Um, 
But uh, over on Bloomberg, Jason Schreier was reporting that Sony is planning a new subscription service codenamed Spartacus to take on Xbox Game Pass. It's being pitched as a three-tier service that will merge PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus. Highest tier could include PS1, 2, and PSP games. I, I'm surprised it took this long for them to start making a competitor, honestly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very yep, curious how this goes, because I feel like they've got a lot of ground that they need to cover to get anywhere near what Game Pass is. What do you guys think? I mean, if they release on PC, I, they're as good as Game Pass as far as I'm concerned. They don't have a lot of ground to cover with me there. Man, could you imagine Sony just being like, here's all our PlayStation console exclusive stuff on PC suddenly? It would be real good. It'd be I th- crazy. I think part of this said they still would not be putting their big first tar- party titles on this p- product. You don't think so? I'm pretty sure that's what uh, this article says. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I didn't read it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't I didn't read this specific article cuz I don't have a Bloomberg account or subscription, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I was right. reading like, you know, Kotaku's riff on it earlier. Again, this is like 2 weeks old. Uh but I think it was they're not going to be putting their big first party titles on there. They still want you to pay the $70 for that. And I think that's already going to put them behind. I can't imagine this is what I think this is is going to happen. It's going to be at about as much like fan service as PlayStation now currently has. Uh, Do you think it's just that transported over essentially? Yeah, maybe. I think, well, because right now PlayStation now, you know, it launched as a streaming platform mm-hmm. that was that was not great. So it got a bad reputation. Right. Then they started allowing people to download. So for all intents and purposes, it was already Game Pass. You could download these games that they were putting on there. But no one talks about PlayStation now anywhere near as much as they talk about Game Pass. Um, I think they're combining the things together because they have a couple services that, and it's just messy to understand what exactly am I getting because PlayStation Plus also gets you games. Um, sure, yeah. Xbox Game Pass, they you know, with their Ultimate, they put gold into that to the point where I think it's actually hard to just get gold at this point. Um. So, you know, it makes sense that they're, they're going that route as well. Uh, but I think that they're not going into it hard enough that they're not going to be able to, you know, take enough out of Game Pass's way. That, that's where I'm seeing this. And it's going to end up being kind of the same, like, market share that PlayStation now has as, oh, yeah, and I guess that thing is technically doable on PlayStation, but it's not as good. But we'll see. Um, the other thing I've uh, often heard is that Sony is not great with working with indies. And I feel like indies is kind of help what, what makes a Game Pass soar when in, they're in between big first party launches. Uh, so I think PlayStation has a lot of ground that they need to cover. And last new story, this is mostly just for me. Uh, they announced the next DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That'll be coming out early next year. Um, I think it's like a $40 expansion to to Valhalla. 
which I hope means they're not putting out a full new Assassin's Creed for at least a year because I can't do both of those. Uh, but it's going to be called yeah. Dawn of Ragnarok. Um, and I will probably play that March 10th. Makes sense. Yep. It's about time for me to play some uh, more Assassin's Creed for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we do some questions? Top-down perspective at gmail.com is the email address. If you want to send questions in, you can also do it at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. I can read this one from Joey. What is a favorite funny moment in a game that is mostly funny for reasons outside of gameplay? For example, the moment in Portal 2 where GLaDOS says, this is the part where you die. Then Wheatley says, this is the part where you die. Then the chapter title pops up saying, this is the part where you die. Then you get an achievement titled, this is the part where you die. (laughs) I forgot about that. I don't remember this like at all, but um, I feel like Asura's Wrath had some pretty good kind of achievement humor, like right as soon as you like punch the dude in the face, an achievement popped up right over top of his face, which was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. Funny moments outside of the game. Anything coming to mind? No, it's probably something achievement related as well, though. Some of those like achievement names or puns or something sometimes get me laughing. Yeah, probably something similar. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Cody writes in a recent shower thought of mine is how as an adult, I find myself going from game to game uh, to game to game, not giving most of the games a chance to stick with me. I was thinking about it because with game of the year discussions going on, games from the beginning of the year are brought up such as it takes two. I remember really loving that game at the time, but I feel the lasting appeal is lost when we immediately move on to the next game. So the question is, do you find it is do you find it is hard for games to have lasting appeal and do you think this affects the game of the year discussion for games released early in the year? Absolutely. It well, 100% affects games released early. Yeah. Yeah. And that you get, you see this in like the movie industry as well with like all the Oscar kind of movies will come out like in November, just in time for, to be considered for the Oscars. Um, yep. And you get, you get a bit of that, but I feel like in, in games, but it's primarily more because that's the sh- holiday shopping season. I can't imagine a lot of companies yeah. are like, we have to put it out in the fall so that people give us game of the year awards because that usually doesn't like, that's not going to bring that, give, give them a bigger check or anything like that. Um, right. The holiday shopping season, uh, for sure. Although in the last like decade or so, I feel like more and more games are coming out early in, in the year that are like bigger titles. Yeah, uh, like like for the longest time, we didn't have like anything coming out in February and stuff. And now that's like like Far Cry had that sp- slot for a while. Um, I think Monster Hunter was coming out there pretty consistently. Capcom loves the beginning of the year. Monster Hunter usually comes in January or February. Resident Evil comes in late March, early April. Um, yeah, Capcom. Yeah, I think a lot of developers of kind of figured out like, well, nothing was really coming out. So we could kind of take the loss but also be the only game that someone's going to buy because there's nothing else to pick up right now. So I feel like it's spread out a bit. Um, also, it depends when their fiscal year ends. Some of them end in like April. Yep. So they get That's it in too. under the wire. 
for sure. Uh, Matthew writes in and says, if you were in a group of a thousand people, what is something about your physical appearance you are sure no one else in the group would have? There's nothing. I don't, I think we're all just generic white dudes, right? Yeah, pretty much. I can't yeah. think of. Cause like none of us have any like weird piercings or like tattoos or any of that. I did in my hotel this weekend. Um, when in the middle of the night I went to the bathroom walked into a wall and cut my forehead nice. open so maybe nice. that well done yeah um, sure uh my rib cage is actually not perfectly straight it is at a slight angle but it uh it was only noticeable when i had was like much skinnier and didn't have as much weight on so okay cool does that can you do anything cool because of that no, unfortunately, it just means if I uh, if I lose if I looked skinny enough, like it might just my chest would look lopsided. Oh, that's oh weird. Okay, and no weird body stuff for you, Paul. I mean, I have a scar on my. It, it's not even that visible anymore here when I had a piercing ripped out when I was younger. Oh, I was gonna say because I have a scar there from my surgery, so that's already discounting your close to the eye scar. Sure. Uh, VGC Kenny writes, if the fate of the world came down to you becoming an RPG main character or hero, what style of RPG would you like to be in? Who would you want to recruit to your party? And do you think that you could succeed? Note, you are imbued with power to be able to go on this RPG journey, but you only get four retries, plus eight others by completing select side quests, Oh, this is getting intense. Also, yep. you can revive a fallen. You can revive fallen party members, but only with the necessary item, whatever that may be for you, which is fairly scarce and not for sale. Okay, so assuming we can level up, sure. Yeah, yes, it's it's RPG. Well, so my RPG guess, has so. to be based around guns because I don't contain magic powers, and I probably can't wield a sword. So. I mean, they, it, it makes it sound like, yeah, like whatever you want to be sure. Like, OK, I, you're the chosen wizard now. You never had magic powers before, but now you do. <laughs> but now you do. OK, that's true. Sure. Yeah, you it's your, you know, 11th birthday. And on the yeah, and, and finally, your village, congrats. Your village yeah. got attacked and you were the only one near the shrine where the maiden come came out. And she's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to you have to save the world. Sure. Yeah. Choose one of these three starter Pokemon sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> the Kingdom Hearts stained glass room, etc. Man, that I'm would be kind of... But bad at defending. It would be kind of weird to do like a real life Pokemon because that's literally just like dog fighting and I don't know how I feel about that. I think I, I, I think I would also just rather choose like a more traditional RPG than like a Pokemon one because I want to... If, if I'm picking a more traditional RPG, then I get all these cool like powers and battles and sword yeah. fighting stuff that I get to do as opposed to me yelling at an animal to do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. Um, who would you recruit to your party? I don't, I don't know. A healer. Who would you recruit hmm. in your party? A sassy robot. I would I mean, definitely you gotta have you gotta cover your basics. You gotta have the magic person, you gotta have the healer. 
you gotta have the character, the snarky thief character that always gets you in trouble, but ends up saving you in the end, anyways. Yeah. You gotta uh, have so what if you could like- cover those all with just like a rich YouTuber, <laughs> with unlimited money? Rich, rich YouTuber. Jeff Bezos <laughs> is my party member. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll pass. <laughs> Yeah, the world's over. I cast Big Dick Rocket into space. (laughs) It does nothing. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there would be like any cool billionaire you would want. And I'm fine. That list is. That that list is pretty tiny. It's at zero so far. I haven't figured. I haven't picked one yet. I do want to have a like a sword that's like my body size. You want a Zweihander? I don't know what that is, but like, you know, like a buster sword. Two, two-handed sword, essentially. Big sword's usually two-handed sword. Okay, yeah, sure. But I don't want it to be slow. Because I never really like it when, when, when the big swords are slow. So Devil May Cry style, then, never mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. Or I guess buster sword, because of 7 Remake. Yep. I uh, know we don't succeed, by the way. My party fails at the very end. Oh, or like ghost. Oh, home. that's the worst. The future refuse <laughs> to change at the very end. That's the worst. Yeah, exactly. My party, um, we we do really good. And then when we're at like the final area, I get bored of playing. And for yeah, some reason, I, I just don't up. finish it. Ah, and yeah. And then I use it as an as an answer to uh, podcast questions for the rest of my life of did you ever get to the end of a game and just not finish it for some reason? It is kind of weird how often that question gets asked. <laughs> I, I make multiple saves on my memory card and load them up whenever I feel like I need to redo something over again and obsess about min-maxing the entire game and don't enjoy the entire experience. Dude, that's like that's a vibe game. for real. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that's actually why I can't play some of those longer games that require you to do stuff because I will just go back and waste like 10 hours doing something the wrong way. Dude, that's yeah. why open world games always are like the worst for me, because I'm like, I could go to do the objective where I could do literally everything else. Let me tell you about Halo Infinite. <laughs> oh, God, dude, it's on my desk right now. It finally showed up and I'm just like, mm. yeah. All right. Lineback writes in. We've talked a lot of Simpson moments. What are your favorite Futurama moments? Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to about that show time. right now. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of the episode, but the one where Fry drinks 300 cups of coffee, uh, or is that, you know, it's 100 cups of coffee because yeah. he gets $300. That episode rocks. Um, anything with Zoidberg is fantastic. Yep. yep. Uh, Zap Brandon. Tales of interest. <laughs> uh, Those the, are always good. The episode of the. Um, oh, did we lose Sean? I think we did. No. I'm oh, here. did we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, here. No, he's oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. I didn't lose you guys at all. Weird. You stopped <laughs> completely on my side. Okay. Audio and video. That's very odd. Uh, I was going to say the episode with um, the like medium people. What is that one? Where they're all gray. Oh, the I have no opinion one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. I have no strong. <laughs> Tell feelings. my wife I said hello. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sean. I was gonna That's ask. Did you guys watch uh, Jurassic Park? Yeah, she just got what mad. 
<laughs> that sounds about oh, right. Yeah, she was that like, sounds about right. She was like, this this show didn't deserve, I, it did not earn that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think I remember my favorite episode of Futurama, the one where everyone in the world uh, loses their intelligence because of these giant brain aliens. So Fry has to save them because he's too stupid for them to take his, his power. Yeah, yes. and they, like they write like I have to go now for some strange reason, and then they like fly <laughs> away for no reason because they just like wrote a story. It was so dumb. The episode where they visit the Slurm factory and learn what it's really yeah. made of. Oh, and that's a good one too. Slurms Mackenzie. One. Slurms Mackenzie yeah. has to save them by partying because he's so tired of partying. <laughs> he just takes his sunglasses off and his beet red eyes. I'm so tired of partying. Oh, that's definitely so one of my favorites. Easily. That show was so good. Yeah, it was. Uh, Sukusuku writes in and says, why does money disappear in video games? Does it affect the economy? Make up a lower reason why. Well, the actual reason is because, you know, RAM and stuff for the game. So like, why? Like, let's, let's, yeah. yeah. So like when it flashes and disappears before you pick it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, it would uh, have to affect the economy, right? Like, you're just making totally. it more scarce. I mean, to be fair, how easy it is to get the money in the first place, I feel like it is... The economy's already pretty fucked up. Like, money's only safe if it's in your pocket or in a vault. Right. Well, so what I'm thinking of is if it's disappearing, which makes it more scarcer, which makes it more valuable, then maybe the peop- maybe the reason it's disappearing is it's like the one percenters have set up some kind of system so that their money their value keeps going up. I was gonna say it's something like the the streets are built to self clean and so as a result it destroys anything after a while, even money. If it's not moving at all, unless it's got like a secret material on it like garbage cans. So every so every well what about like an animal? Animals can move. So if they can't if, move, then... But what if they don't? I think they're uh, they're allowed to sleep, I feel. Because, like, <laughs> their guts and blood are moving inside, so it gives them it gives them the ability to stay alive from the self-cleaning streets. Okay. That's, so that's just, like, a very... That's a very complicated system yeah, that has it, been... It really is. Okay. Video games, baby. Yeah, that's true. But money was everywhere otherwise. It was just littering the streets. They had to do something about it. Well, so then also, how is it removing the money? Is it just making like a hole? It's disintegrating it. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like zapping it. Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, Hebrew Lantern. What goes on your Mount Rushmore of comfort food? Pizza, spaghetti, hot dogs, and french fries. Because it's got to be four, right? Because yeah, Mount Rushmore only has four heads on oh, it. Oh, so. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, hang on. In Richie Rich, didn't they make a fifth one? I mean, a bunch of times they've made a fifth one. I think even <laughs> Team America made a fifth one. So, yeah. yeah, let's do four. My four chicken nuggets have to be on there. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I, hot dogs are real good, but I just don't I just don't eat them that often as I used to. But I guess growing up, I've eaten so many hot dogs that yeah. it's just enough for my whole life. So hot dogs are on there. Yeah. At this point, maybe yeah, like like chocolate milk. Okay. Oh, there you go. 
I'm yeah, like I'm thinking like foods I used to love as a kid, like craft dinner. Like that's like the, the I mean, yeah, if, you know, that's a good one up there, too. And it's another one that I don't really yeah. eat much anymore. But as a kid, yeah, that would definitely be up there. What about you, Paul? What's yeah. it for? Uh, I mean, coffee is one of them. Uh, hamburgers. Like probably mashed potatoes. And like I really just like corn, like a bowl of corn or something or as a side. Okay, like uh, like um, corn on the cob or like. Yeah, whatever way. Let's say like, uh, I don't know, like niblets with like some salt and pepper or something. Do you like baby corn? Because I hate it. Yeah, I like all oh, corn. I hate baby corn. I, oh. Except oh. candy corn. I actually fucking hate candy corn. I, does that even count as corn? That, no. I know. But <laughs> what about the, what about the band? Word corn. <laughs> I, I loved corn growing up, but no. Okay. <laughs> was was corn the haze one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gaming is a to me is a religion, and haze is the shit. Haze is the shit. Yeah. Frontman Jonathan Davis said yep. in an article. Okay, Decoy Troy, seeing as you're all adults with no children, do you ever pay attention to ESRB ratings uh, when looking at new games? I know there have been a few occasions where a game I started playing had more gore or nudity than I was expecting, and I decided to check what it act was actually rated. Uh, never. I never I, look at it. No, I don't think so. I feel like I look at it even less now that I'm playing like almost entirely digital, so that it just barely pops up ever. Uh, rarely, usually if I'm talking on stream about like what's in the game, sometimes I'll pay attention to the rating because we're like, how is this only a T rated game? Oh. How is this E10? Stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's sure. like the odd times, like certain stores I go to, no matter what, they'll card you for 18 plus games. So like, sure. I'll go to like Walmart and buy an M rated game. They're like, I need to see your ID. I'm like, I'm 36. Like, I still need to see your ID. It's just part of the procedure. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever been carded for a game. I did, as a kid, have to get my dad to pick up the game for me. But I don't think I've ever been carded. Uh, is this mine? Yeah, you got the last one. Last one for my Alita. Best present you ever got as a kid for the holidays. Go. Uh, holidays. Um... Uh, I know, uh, a 13-inch CRT and a Super Nintendo so I could play it in my room. Yeah, I got something similar. Well, I got the TV. At, we had the Super oh, yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, right. I think the Super Nintendo was my birthday, which was November. So, yeah, that would be that. Sure. TV. All the big ones I'm thinking of were birthday presents. So I'm trying to think what this was specifically a, a Christmas A Christmas present. one. Well, it says for the holidays. Birthday can be a holiday, I guess. <laughs> You could I mean, I don't it. get the day off work. <laughs> I've, I've asked. <laughs> but it's Sean Day. Multiple times, in fact. <laughs> no, you can you can have the day off, too. I don't care. Yeah, everybody can get it off. Yeah, let's all take it off. Um, I want to say maybe getting, like, my first HDTV, that might have been Christmas. Because I feel mm -hmm. like my sister and I both got HD TVs, like a small, like 19 inch one at the same time. And the only way we could have done that would have been Christmas. Right. And that was a big deal because it was like 
the first time I was gaming on an HD TV, and I literally remember like playing like Xbox Live Arcade games and just seeing the difference and just being like, I can see that entire ship, all the details in that ship. It's not blurry. Like that's incredible. Yeah, I remember my jump for that was Dead Rising specifically. I couldn't read a fucking thing on that until I saw it on an HD TV. Yep, Dead Rising and Metal Gear Solid 4 for me. Sure, yep. Right on. That's going to do it for questions. Again, if you want to send in questions for next week, it's topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. What's your game of the week? Halo Infinite. Um, Mine's a Bomberman. Okay. Four, sure. Bomber, bomber four. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, fill out our community game of the year survey uh, before mid January. So uh, we have lots of answers to, to get a good uh, results from that. Um, the Christmas episode of TDP is live as of like almost two weeks ago at this point coming up on Monday will be the Spider-Man No Way Home episode, which I have tickets to go see tomorrow, and I'm very excited. The reviews are stellar on that thing. So I still do not feel comfortable going in a theater, so I'm going to have to wait. Sucks. Yeah, good luck. I don't think you'll spoilers. wait long, though. You don't think so? Yeah, no, I've already seen, I've already seen spoilers, so I'm, I'm oh, fucked. I have not, so don't no. tell me anything. Um, I don't remember the spoilers. I'm too tired to remember. Spider-Man's right now, so in it. Fun. God damn it, I said no spoilers. Yeah, or Sean did, rather. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Are we doing an episode before Christmas, or is this the last one before Christmas? No, we nope. have one the we week one of more. Christmas. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because Christmas on Saturday, so. That's right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for that one. Bye. Bye, everybody.